The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too And welcome to My Brother, My Brother, and Me, an advice show for the modern era. I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. I'm your sweet baby brother, 30 under 30, media luminary, Jeffrey McElroy. Which one are we doing? Okay. We're doing a watch watch. I know, but we need to pick the film for it. Here's the thing. Ah, they're all so good. They're okay. Li- they're literally all so good. Sometimes we talk about new movies in the intro and we watch out for them. Oh, I just, we could do a circle watch, and it's about it's the what if Facebook was ah oh, bad? Yeah, but like some would argue it is. Topical. Oh, dang! <sighs> See, there'd be a lot of material there if we wanted to go with that as the watch, because I could do a whole like um, I get all these you know um, Dragon Puzzle Kingdom invite. No, this isn't that won't do. We could do slight. But I actually am like legit excited to see Slight. But maybe there's some like we we could maybe tie it to the Now You See Me verse. Fate of the Furious didn't talk about the new. Uh, oh wait a minute, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right, Uga Chaka, Uga Uga. Where Uga are we going? Chaka. The Guardians of the Galaxy are back. Hey them. And yeah, we're I'm watching out for them because uh, they're back in a big in a big way. The whole team is back. Superman. Batman, uh, Chris <laughs> Pratt, all the dinosaurs, um, the Parks and Rec gang are in this one. Plant, <laughs> wow! Plant woman, tree, the small tree, raccoon tree gun king. haver, condor uh, man. There's uh, actually this one's got seven raccoons. They've upped the stakes. Whoa! Um, it, yeah, there's a tree and there's a strom fella, and then there's uh, Yo, like eight or nine raccoons. Fuck these raccoons and fuck Guardians of the Galaxy and everybody involved with it. I'm here to talk about Chuck. It's back. They did it. We got it six seasons in a movie and he's back playing Chuck and he's doing, is he a spy or not? Yvonne Stravinsky is here too and she is definitely a spy and I just clicked through and this is apparently a boxing movie with Leah Shriver which is uh, good. Friend, fr- friend of the show. Le- friend yeah, of the show, Leah Schreiber. Uh, I was hoping it was Chuck Chuck, because I do want to talk about my theory that Chuck is just a gritty reboot of the computer war tennis shoes. I won't let you talk about that on our podcast fucking ever again. You've done it Did once. I, and, have I brought it up before? Yeah, but really? you've done it before. I want to go back well, to Boss Baby now. Still uh, making a lot of money. I will say that. Making money hand over pudgy fist is Boss Baby. Boss Alan Baby. Baldwin is back. He's back as, as a Jack baby. Donaghy, a baby. Here's From 30 Rock. <laughs> I, he's a baby. What I love about this, I have a baby now, but it's not, he, he doesn't talk. He's not Alec Baldwin. He doesn't wear little suits and do whatever this wonderful baby does in this movie. And I, so now I can look at my baby and I'll be swept away into a world of like make-believe and stuff. I have a, sure. I, if I might, uh, if you're listening, creators of Boss Baby, and I'm, it might be a little late now because your movie's out, but I would like to pitch a tagline for you. A little movie. late. Yeah. A little bit late for it. Um, but here's a tagline. Look who's talking now. Um, and it's a bit, the, and, and it's like Q. Look who's talking now. A, a babe, this wild a baby. A baby. Yeah. It's a baby. It's very, 
a baby in a suit. Like, who who ever heard of such a thing? Um, his parents are putting him in those suits. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's what's the story with the boss film. baby. Does he? I have. This is like the one animated film I haven't seen. I haven't seen learn. it either, but I would like to theorize just based on the three seconds of trailer I've seen mm. what I think Boss Baby's about. My theory. Yeah. The boss was a fully grown person who has been cursed to be a baby to remember what life was like before he cared about only business. About money. So at the end of the movie, he realizes his mistake. He's transformed back into a fully grown adult, which makes for, I would say, a pretty rough day for his parents. Yes. Uh, Ooga Chaco. Go, go. Remember? It's like a dancing boss baby. Okay, you've confused me because that's the second time the you've done that in the, in the intro yeah. bit. It's just hard for it's hard for me to it's hard for me to get on board with a watch about some little baby that I don't care about some Alec Baldwin baby. It honestly, God, I find it hard, and uh, this is not a joke to care about any watch other than Trolls Two. Yeah, like I, I, it's all I, yeah. I'm looking so far forward. It's hard to be in the now. That I'm looking forward to that. Griffin, did you see the new Fast and Furious movie? No, I didn't. I missed it. I haven't seen it yet. I heard that. I mean, I know that my. Um, my big friend Vin Diesel uh, turns on his family, and I I'm just okay pretending that this one doesn't exist. I guess if that's the if that's the route they want to go, here's the route I'm going to go: not to the movie theater. I'll go to the Baskin Robbins mm-hmm. instead, or something. Find some better way to spend my time if you're going to betray my family like that. And that's five minutes. Okay, uh, all right. Woo, now, Jesus Christ, I can't believe how long we talked about Boss Baby. <laughs> it took. Uh, that took longer than I. I mean, we went thirty seconds over. We could have stopped back there uh, a while I mean, ago. That was the- you're assuming that that was all just in pure gonna make the show unedited fucking nonstop guild. I'm not saying Boss Baby's a bad film. I'm saying I don't know the Boss Baby. I don't know the Boss Baby. I'm looking at a picture. And he looks very smug and he's holding a cookie. Which like you're a baby. If you ate that, you'd die. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Babies can't have cookies. No, not when they're that small. They don't know how to chew or whatever. Does, it, oh, the, buzz, no. does the boss baby have teeth? Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Travis has to go. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> he has some I'll chips. Just, on. I'll just text my wife. It'll be fine. Uh, uh, she's just jamming cookies in her baby's <laughs> mouth like like some sort of human gachupan machine. Uh, I have this friend that every time I bring up something interesting I find out, they always answer with, you didn't know? Are they lying to me and actually not know either? Or do they actually have vast knowledge of fun facts and news? That's from Aaron Cincinnati. God, what a bummer. What a shitty, Ugh. bad one. What a shitty thing. Um, Yeah, that's a... No, I think your friend's a dick. I don't think they're a computer who wore tennis shoes. When get, let's Occam's Razor this one. Either your friend has this bad habit or they are Kirk Cameron in tennis shoes with a Google brain. And I don't think... I don't think Kirk Cameron's got a Google brain. And I don't think you're friends with him, if that if that were true. So I think it may just be a sort of a nasty habit that it also yeah. doesn't it also doesn't matter which is the answer because like that's not how you're supposed to respond to Yeah, humans. that's not how it's done. Well, I mean he's got a fucking computer, he's got a Google brain, Travis. But like, even then, Griffin, if you had a Google brain and someone was like, Oh, boss baby is already out in theaters, you would respond like, Yeah, duh. You didn't know that? Get out of here. Like there's a better way to handle that exchange. Yeah. Um, no, your friend isn't omni om, om, omnipresent, omni knowledge ha- having. They probably know yeah. what the word is that I tried to get there, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just your friend has a bad habit. How do you fix this? This Ooh. is a, this is a bad one, though. You're gonna have to honeypot this. 
Oh you're gonna shit! Have to come, you're oh, gonna have yes. to like come up with some facts that ain't facts. Mm. Oh my god! Did, I did this. What did you do in element in elementary school? We had a friend who was like this, and he would claim like to know all the stuff, and we came up with a sequel to Goonies, and we said, and we started talking a lot about Goonies too. And did he know about Goonies 2, and was he excited about it? And he claimed to have known about Goonies 2 for a while. Not the NES game Goonies 2, I which I say. know existed. Thank you, Twitter. You can fucking close the app. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. And now tweet at me that I got you. If I did just get it you, just by got the way. You, you gotta own up got, to it. Tweet, tweet at me that I got you, okay? You don't realize um, you're this friend and Justin just honeypotted our entire yeah. listenership. Yeah, but he, he like he claimed to like he really uh buckled down on Goonies two existing and his knowledge of the of the film. Uh and that's and that's how we finally got him. I don't think there was a prestige here. That would have been great if we had that uh I don't I don't think we had like a term. Well the prestige would have been the draft. prestige would have been that Goonies two really did exist and this guy really his dad really was an executive producer on it and he really did get an early screener. And then he'd say he 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 would put you back in your place, which that would be horrible for you. It'd be great for me though, because I'd love a Goonies too. I would love to see all those kids go on another treasure hunt. Yeah, I would love that. Now, do you know how big that would be? It would be the biggest. Are you kidding me? It would be the biggest Goonies ever. Goonies two, Toonies, Toonies. Um, how about uh, Yahoo? Yeah, do it. This was sent in by Morgan Davy. Keep it wavy, Morgan Davy. Thank you. It's Yahoo Answers user Bunny who asks. Can you name all of Steve Urkel's catchphrase? Ugh. And then additional details. Can you name all of Steve Urkel's catchphrase? There's no question mark on that one. <laughs> so it's sort of the sub the subhead on this one kind of got a little like there's a desperation to it. Let's see. Please. There's yeah, before we get, I know we're about to just pull out our funny bones and just slam them against the table. But before we do that, I mean, did I do that? Oh, were you going to be funny? Because I was going to see if I could really do it. Got any cheese? I feel like got that went away around middle of like season two. And that's but weird. Got any how cheese that, was kind huge. Of, it's it's rare that they phase out a catchphrase, huh? They're like, guys, I just don't think got any cheese <laughs> is really penetrating the market audience. I don't know. Maybe he's you not. Know? Maybe he's not cheese obsessed as a character trait. <laughs> uh, there's not while I'm pouring. Uh, that was repeated numerous times. Wait, really? So, Someone would try to talk to him whilst pouring a mixture, and he would say, shh, not while I'm pouring. And it, I'm not even joking. That happened at least, uh, I would say, at least five times, if not more. So I think that Well, at least that's phrase. not a joke in any way. Um, yeah. That, that is actually just science safety. Like, yeah. he was pouring dangerous chemicals, and people were trying to fucking Listen, talk to him. you can lay a lot what of about- slams down at Urkel's feet, but he was a very, very safe scientist. He kept a clean laboratory. <laughs> I uh I, I what about Whoa Mama? Right? Mm-hmm. Didn't he do that where he grabbed the well, glasses kind well, of? Yes, Whoa Mama was definitely one of them. Um that one was listed by Yahoo member KO seventy one who says, Did I do that? Who mama? Which is a different but close and good. This user also swears by the following catchphrases. Sorry, Carl was one I guess he probably said a lot because he did foul up Carl's, I think, evening a lot. Well, that just seems like human interaction. I don't know if that counts. As, there, weren't also, any, there weren't any t-shirts that just said, sorry, sorry Carl. Carl. And then there was one that's, hi, Laura. And that is just sort of a greeting that uh, mm-hmm. people say to each other. And then, of course, the timeless catchphrase that user KO71 
loves this one is um I've made a new invention. Hmm. Do you remember when Urkel, um, Urkel, Urkel would say, "I'm everyone, I've made a new invention. And the audience would just laugh and laugh and scream and woo. I've made a new invention. I'm Urkel. I've made a new invention. I love it. And he I love, just, I love the weirdest part about that is once you got to uh, season four, they just had him barrel, just like look right down the camera and say, I've made a new invention. Right. He would not even the, in his Urkel voice. He would kick open the, the, the door to the Winslow household and step inside <laughs> and the audience would applaud for seven minutes and he would look right down the fucking barrel and he would just say, I've made a new invention. Made a new invention. I like I like the <laughs> I like the ones where someone would walk in and find Steve Urkel in their kitchen and he would say I've been in your kitchen for 15 minutes yeah (laughs) every time they did it the minutes would get would be different yeah Mm -hmm. so sometimes it was like I've been in your kitchen for 12 minutes and then and it was just kind of tracking because it was in real time right (laughs) every family matters episode (laughs) was in real time yeah that's the best part about it you could turn it on at any time of day to see what the Winslow's and Urkel's were and then the Winslow whatever Winslow family member he says that to or he fesses up to being in the kitchen that that family member is just like better make sure all the cheese isn't gone and he's like I don't fucking do that anymore I don't do that anymore My favorite, my favorite Steve Urkel catchphrase was every time he would say, "I trapped my parents in an alternate dimension so that I could have full domain over the house." Yeah, I remember that one. I've made a new invention. It's a pocket dimension for my parents. I uh, there, I I had a little chuckle earlier because uh, in googling trying to find a more complete list, uh, I found a story from HuffPost TV, and the headline of this piece this dates back to 2015 when Julia White. Uh, who is a, an accomplished performer in his own right, but of course is best known as Steve Urkel, uh, was appearing on Worst Cooks in America Celebrity Edition. And uh, the the quote in this piece is, um, I might have had a, did I do that moment on the show, said White, to which HuffPost replied, did you do that? And he said, you'll have to watch the show, laughed White. I don't think you're going to be disappointed in my participation. The headline of this News post oh, no. is Jaleel White hints he's bringing back his Steve Urkel catchphrase, and it's like uh. it's not it's not the headline of this story is there's some scuttlebutt there's some vague <laughs> hints that somewhere Jaleel White said out loud did I do that and cameras filmed it and you can see it can you believe it now we don't know that for sure. Um, but there's a hint that this that, that he did say did did I do that on a camera in Jal- front of a camera? Jaleel White potentially made quote new invention. Ah, oh, got it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta get on he, it. He greeted someone named Laura and apologized to someone named Carl, <laughs> but we haven't been able to pin down whether or not it was the same character. This viral video More to come. <laughs> this viral video of Jaleel White on a subway train when he stepped on a man named Carl's foot and then greeted a friend named Laura who boarded the train. People lost their fucking minds. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you guys remember the episode? It was a whole arc where Steve Urkel using a jetpack reached the step-by-step universe and took one of the daughters to a dance and did the Urkel. <laughs> I thought you were going to say using the jetpack took one of the daughters back to Family Matters. <laughs> what's up, you're, What's you're, up, Skip? You're on Family Matters now. Your brood is mine now. <laughs> I've bred the lines. <laughs> your, brood, your brood is mine now, Duke boy. Wait, you know about Dukes of Hazard? 
In this reality? Yeah. <laughs> what? In my reality? Well, this is Patrick Duffy. Yeah, oh, yes, okay. Is it down step by step? Mr. Mr. Matthews, I'm very dis. Oh, man, a, a, <laughs> a nerdy child with a jetpack is grabbing me. I'm gone. Bye. <laughs> You're on family matters now, Feeny. <laughs> I mean, you're trying, I'm recruiting you to sing Avengers. <laughs> Feeny? <laughs> Feeny? He's not answering. Yeah, he got taken to Family Matters. He doesn't live in that house anymore. He's on Family Matters. He got taken. They need Please a lot of entertainment to fill. prison, Mr. Urkel. <laughs> they need a lot of characters to fill 24 hours of daily programming, <laughs> so they had to recruit some other people. All right, here's another question. A few months ago, I drunkenly agreed to be in a friend's band, thinking nothing would come of it. Now he's beginning to book gigs and urging us to rehearse. The problem is, I am not particularly musically inclined, and I don't have that kind of time to devote to a band. How do I get out of this band without looking like an asshole? Sincerely, Pete Best from 60 years ago. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> no, it's bamboozled in Baltimore. <laughs> I There are so many parts of this question that confused the shit out of me. Yeah. I, I, can I say, say mine and see if it's dovetails yeah. with yours? Is <laughs> if you are not musically inclined, yeah. how did how did you get into this Derek, band in the first Derek, place? Derek, you gotta be in the band. I don't play any You got your spirit, your energy. We need it. We this need is the it. This is the tricky thing about spirits is there is a certain amount of alcohol that you can drink that when somebody asks you the question, hey, you play the drums, right? The answer becomes, yes, I do. <laughs> hand me, well, hand yes. me those, good, those good skin sticks. I also am confused in this question that your friend has begun to book gigs. You haven't rehearsed it all. Your mm-hmm. friend has put the cart so far in the front of the horse, the horse can't see it. The horse is not aware that there is a cart. Yeah, and the horse does not know how to play the bass as well as the horse maybe <laughs> said they did when they had a little too much of that Boone's farm. Um, now, how do you get out of the band? Justin was joking earlier, but you kind of can't because you never know when, when, what is going to be the new Beatles. It's, me and my friends were just going to play a little skiffle. You don't know. You could you could be skiffling one day and then a hard day's nighting the next day, and you got to you can't you can't destroy this thing before it has a chance to get off the ground. I feel like this might be a self-correcting issue. Like show up to the first rehearsal, sit down with your bass, and you're just like boing 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 boing, boing. and they're like, okay, we're we're good here. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah you're fine. Yeah, bye bye. All right, guys, yep. let's just let's just see what this old dog can do. Okay, let's we'll. We can't do this. <laughs> we can't make this. We have a we have this space for three hours though. Do you guys wanna I don't know, get some pizza? Is it possible that this is a Money Mighty Boston situation and this person was recruited just to like like the dancing guy in Money Mighty Boston, just like a oh, hype, shit. hype oh. man to get the party party rocking? Who's the umbrella man? You know the umbrella man? From Outcast? Yes. Uh, yeah, they, uh, Outcast was originally like, hey, we're putting a band together, and Umbrella Man was like, I can play the trumpet. And they were like, all right, let's Fon- get in there. And then he couldn't, and so they just handed him an umbrella instead. Fonsworth Bentley. Thank Fonsworth you. Bentley. Oh, yes, that Jesus. was going to eat me up. Yeah. Um, ben Carr was the name of the dancing guy in uh, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Now, if that name seems familiar to you, it's because he also used to work at Harmonix. Holy shit, that was him? What, really? D- dig it. 
maybe, maybe what your friend needs in this band is a dynamic front person. This is a thing that's gone out the window. Your Diamond Daves, um, like, you just don't see it as much anymore. Now, here's the thing. I will also say David Lee Roth is also a pretty good singer. So if you don't have that going for you, you're already at a bit of a disadvantage. But if you can really bring the energy, if you're really like, you might not be able to sing like Freddie Mercury, but if you can just ooze charisma like Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. you might be able to make it through a couple yeah. gigs. Hey, do you um ooze sex? Because if so, you might have a place in this band. You can't play, you have no musical, and that's fine. Can you ooh, sex? What are you going to put you at a mic that's not plugged in? Um, yeah. And you just ooze. You just undulate. <laughs> or can I hit you with this? Maybe you'll learn. Maybe you get in there, and day one, it's goon, ga, ga, goon, goon. Which the drum does what? And then by day two, it's, you know, goon, ga, 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 goon, ga, ga. Just like. Maybe you're, maybe you're, there's people who just, they pick it up. And then, like, the little boy in, um, Love Actually, they're, they're going, they're going Buddy Rich on that shit. Dust goosh, in, like, dust a goosh, week. Dust goosh. Yeah. Just right. a lot of dust gooshes and a lot just, of paradiddles. You just gotta get J.K. Simmons to come in and yell at you. Mm hmm. Or Liam Neeson to come in and talk to you, like, it's okay to be sad about your mom. Oh. Have both. Have Liam Neeson come in to bring you down. Yeah. And then Monday, like, Wednesday, to bring you up. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you get Neeson. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and either Saturday or Sunday, he likes to keep his weekends kind of flexible. You get J.K. Simmons. It's like, what did Liam say? Well, the opposite of that. <laughs> it's sort of like, it's like searching for Bobby Fischer, and one is your Bing Kingsley, and the other is your Joe Montana, I guess. Joe Allen. Harry Connick be- Jr. Harry Connick Jr. is in there too somewhere. Harry's Maybe in the mix. Harry shows up on Sunday. You get JK Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You get Liam Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then Harry Connick Jr. comes in on Sunday. Yes. And you guys just like smoke some whiskey and talk about, I don't know, love, whatever. Harry Connick Jr.'s Jun- role in Searching for Bobby Fischer is every three minutes or so, he pops his head up from the corner of the screen. No one's quite sure where he's from. He says, hey, kid, chess is pretty cool. But if you tried the Panano? The kid's like, one, I'm pretty sure it's piano. Not when I do it. Not when I do it. He would be the all-time best music. Have you guys ever seen that video? <laughs> Sorry, real quick. Uh, I just looked at the Searching for Bobby Fischer uh, IMDU page because I couldn't um, I couldn't remember Joe Montana's name in the moment. And there's a user list. You know, the IMDB has the like user list. Yeah. Somebody has a list. Um, it's 41 movies long, and it's Sidney Pollock movies I haven't seen but want to. <laughs> I'm a huge fan, except... <laughs> Can I give you this Yahoo? Is it about yeah. Harry Connick Jr.? It is. It's from Harry Connick Jr., okay. and it's asked by Harry Connick Jr. And, uh, no, it's from Level 9000, Yadru Drew, Drew Davenport, and thank you, Drew. It's, uh, Harry Connick Yadru. Jr. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> from... New nickname. New nickname. I'll get rid of it. Sorry. No uh, more shaman. He's Harry All Connick right. Jr. <laughs> it's really hard to say. It's really tough. It's by Junior Answers user Michael who asks, Will this make me look like a douche or something? 
I've been away from work for two weeks, and I'm coming back on Monday. I know my coworkers needed me while I was gone, and I know, not for sure, they missed me. So you don't know. Um, my workplace is just a neighborhood bookstore, so there are, like, only 10 employees. I thought it would be cool to make a nice return entrance and come in with some awesome music, like the beginning of Crazy in Love or something in that style. My fear is that I might look like a huge douche while doing that without even meaning or noting it, noticing it. Whoa, hold um, on. You, so you what can't you, say without even meaning to at that point. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? Is it a cool thing to do or extremely douchey? First of all, can I ask this question of you boys? Mm-hmm. What do you think this question asker thinks was going on in their absence that they were like, I know they needed me at this neighborhood bookstore of 10 employees. Without me, the whole place was falling apart. Yeah, the fucking store owner like kicks in the door like, guys, 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 books too. This is a sequel to books and we're not ready for it. And everybody scrambled to like stock the shelves with books too. Um, I... <sighs> It's such a fine line, isn't it? It's such a fi- ostentatious, ostentatious gestures. There's such a fine line between douchey and thrilling. You know, this sweet. I think your own personal charisma is the X factor that makes this really hard to dictate, right? Like mm-hmm. you could, could you sell this? Harry Connick could. Harry yeah. Connick Jr. could sell this. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Do you have his charisma? Let me help. You don't. Uh, but. Are you close enough to pull it off? I don't know. One of these users says, it will be cool if you use the right song. Play the Superman theme song and hire out a Superman Mm. suit and some cabling, then fly into the store to save them all from your bookstore. Wait. (laughs) Okay. What kind of fucking rigging system do you think this neighborhood bookstore has? Some cabling. Like, that's a pretty big, that's a lot of jumps you're making there. We're going to have to cut out the window above the door so I can get in. The problem is it's a bookstore. So I think coming in with a boombox is not very cool. What if you came in with a boombox? Okay, here here's the move. Come with a boombox just blaring crazy in love, except it's it's very quiet. It's like at a tasteful volume, but your gestures and just your various gesticulations are sort of out, out max. Uh, okay. Yeah, I like the max so level. The door opens and you just hear like but, but you're just flailing wildly. But you're hey, flailing a, wildly. I got an idea. You're coming back, and you want people to be excited about you coming back, right? Um, you could bring some, like, brownies or something that's good for me. You know what I mean? Your dance well, number, it was very cool, but it, you know what's even cooler? A billion cookies. Let me, um, okay, Griffin, counterpoint. And let me wrap this all into a big bow. Are you ready for this? I think. Well, I still I want to play in the space. Don't close off the space, Travis. Well, I still want to play. But in when here. I pitch my idea, you let me know if I've solved it or not. You are going to need to hire a string quartet and an opera singer to do final countdown. I don't know that this is going to be it. No, because postmodern jukebox is very popular right now. People are really into these. Like, you take a song, you turn it. And this is a bookstore, right? So they have to like you know books Classic. and nerdy shit. Yeah. So like you're gonna bring in a string quartet, and they're gonna and like they're gonna come in one by one, playing one by one, and it's gonna build. And the opera singer comes in for like it's the final, yes, and then psh, you come in, and maybe there's also like a caricature artist. I don't know, you know, classy shit. Okay, but well, um, it's been two weeks. Uh huh. 
It's a factor we haven't really dove into yet. Yeah. If I when I was working at the the country's best yogurt, and I like to think that we were the country's best, the country's best yogurt. Mm-hmm. Um, we were TCB, all sort of TCBY. Yeah, we were all putting in extra hours. Um, and my coworker Mark left to go w- with his family to the Smokies for two weeks, and then he comes back with a choreographed dance number. I think I would probably be just kind of angry at Mark in that moment because I haven't missed you. I haven't missed you that much, Mark. I don't know that you've earned this, Mark. The ultimate version of this is Mark comes back after six months of not being there and he comes in to a string quartet playing Final Countdown and you're like, Mark, what the fuck where you been? And he's like, I got fired for stealing money. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, Mark. Yeah, I spent all of it on this string quartet. Legally, I'm not supposed to be within 100 yards of this building. It's the final countdown. Uh, Could you hide in a closet in a sleeping bag? And then when they arrive for work, they open it up and you sort of tumble out and try to sell them on the fact that you've been living there. Like you have, that's where you've been is you had some hard times and you've lived in the bookstore. I mean, you can have a lot of fun with that, too, because you could, like, get in the crawl space and just sort of yell at them um, and say that, like, the bookstore did consume you in some way, like it consumed your spirit. The bookstore um, and I have become one. Yeah, I am the bookstore. Dust me. Dust my walls. <laughs> Don't sell that book. That's my kidney. <laughs> I wasn't done then- reading that one. And then, like, your entrance back is you just smash through the fucking drywall and are birthed from the house womb, and, and there you, you have, are, and you're you back. You've written every word of Jane Eyre on you, and you're like, <gasps> I'm free. <laughs> and that is what House of Leaves is about, in case you're that curious. That is. We solved it. Don't worry about it. There's a bunch of stuff you got to, like, turn the book upside down Don't at some do point. It. Don't even worry about we it. Got Don't you covered. it. All right. We need to take a quick detour. Uh, let's stop into the money zone. tell y'all about harry's um y'all know about harry's right yeah they do the shaving stuff but they do it like better than anybody um basically instead of having to like go to the store and spend a hundred thousand uh dollars on on like four razors or whatever because razors are really stupid expensive uh harry's will just sell their razors direct to you and in doing so by cutting out the cutting out the the middleman they can offer their blades at at well, it says here half the price, but I that sounds like $50,000. That's not true. Um, for just $2 a blade uh, compared to four or more that you'll spend at the drugstore, this is what you can get a Harry's razor for. Um, and they are so confident. You'll love their blades. They are willing to send you a free trial set uh, if you just cover 3 bucks shipping. Uh, that set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, a uh, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, uh, rich lathering shave gel and a, a little uh, travel blade cover. Uh, that's a thirteen dollar value for for you to try out. Um, so stop messing around and get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your free trial offer. Thirteen dollar value for free, just cover shipping. Uh, to get that free trial, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, and shave gel, go to Harry's dot com slash my brother right now. That's Harry's dot com slash my brother. Let me ask you guys a question. Okay. Do you know flowers? I don't. 
Those are like um those are like fruit but you can't they're like trees but they're little and mm-hmm. not wood and yes. they have a lot of color to it. Well, trees are like green and brown always mm-hmm. but these little these little trees or fruit I'm not 100% sure uh have many colors including red sure um well here's the thing hey everybody gather around get, get in close mother's day is coming up um, and it's your chance to show a little bit of appreciation to all the moms in your life. All of them. Um, and how you're going to do that is through ProFlowers. ProFlowers, we've worked with before. Um, we're big fans. They're great anytime gifts, but they're even better gifts for special occasions. And right now, you can get the 100 Blooms for Mom bouquet from ProFlowers this Mother's Day and make a real impression. And they sent us uh, one of these uh, bouquets, and they are beautiful. And what they do, and I love this, they send them to you just before they're about to bloom. So that way they last even longer and you get to experience like the fireworks of, oh, Matt, I went to sleep and there were just little buds and I woke up and they were beautiful flowers. Beautiful. And it comes with a free glass vase for just nineteen ninety nine. Beautiful, delicious flowers. Mm-hmm. No, Griffin, no. But Crunchy, they're just sweet. I mean, you don't no. eat all of you. Do, no, 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 no. You don't eat all of them all at once because you do want to enjoy the visual bouquet. I mean, mm-hmm. the literal bouquet of flowers. But I mean... <laughs> Travis, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop that. You're snacking on these things, right? <laughs> no, I paid $10 to get the gourmet chocolates that come um, and the I mean, upgraded that's sort of like premium a, face. It's like a side, that's like a companion food to mm-hmm. these delicious, incredible blooms that just have this umami flavor to them that I don't quite. Um, I can't live without Please it. Please don't tell our listeners to eat the flowers, Griffin. This is going to so you, badly. I'm not, telling them, I'm not telling you to eat the flowers. I'm saying you can eat the flowers, no, and they're Griffin. fucking delicious. <laughs> no, don't. Put a don't little, please don't. I like to crack open one of these blooms, kind of spread the petals apart, and I put a little bit of cheese whiz in there, and all of a sudden I've got some very floral combos. This is no, a good, Griffin. this is good. No, it's good. Griffin's going to be able to scientifically prove whether or not these flowers are edible, because we'll put this episode out, and then we'll wait to see if we get an email from Pro Flowers war- with the subject line, warning, highly poisonous flowers. No, it's <laughs> please, a flower. Please pull cool episode. Goats, do it. Bees, do it. <laughs> Even certain types of trees do it. Eat these flowers. They are so, so crunchy and delicious and sweet. And they don't, are, please um, don't. Every, every bloom is honey glazed. <laughs> they got different flavors, too. The no, new one. God, they're not Skittles. Please don't eat these flowers. We love I you. Got, they asked me what flowers they wanted me to have. And so I said, I would love the nacho cheesier tulips. And they did. <laughs> And they are cheesier than nachos. <laughs> they are. And there's no saturated fat, which is so important these days. Um, if you, you want to get 100 <coughs> blooms for mom with a free glass vase that is not edible, starting at $19.99, go to proflowers.com. And then you click on the little microphone in the top right corner and use the code MYBROTHER. Proflowers.com. Com, click the microphone and then use the code MYBROTHER. All one word. All one word, and uh, it, this sells out fast. Uh, so uh, order it today. I'll tell you the get problem. Hungry. Get hungry. Get breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> problem is, I got a bouquet of cooler ranch roses, and I was just pounding them. And I realized there's only one left. And now, when all the delicious flavor blasted petals fall off of that one, I'm gonna turn back into the beast or whatever. Mm. 
Do you guys want this Jumbotron? Too bad. It's from Nick. Nope. It's from Leia Burns, and it's for Nick Pittman. And Leia says, happy 25th birthday, Nick. Thanks for being the best partner ever and for getting me into Mabim Bam, even though it meant me listening to the entire back catalog and trying to get you to do the same by uh, referencing goofs that you don't even get. I can't imagine a better person to go through life with, and I'm so lucky to have you. I love you, and I like you. Um, this is a this is a very sweet message and a very sweet thing that you've done for each other and for us. Um, and yeah, we just we just appreciate you so much. Your birthday's May seventh, so we really split the uprights. Well, Leia split the uprights, I think. But um, yeah, happy happy birthday. I would like Justin to read this next one. Uh, okay. <clears throat> This is a message for Amelie, and it's from Maddie M. And the message is this. Happy birthday, you big dumb idiot. Oh, oh man. Oh, hold on. Wait, Justin, say that in the Amelie voice, and I think maybe that will soften the blow. Uh, no, I, I don't want to ruin Amelie by making her mean. Well, this is dark yeah. Amelie. This is I'm like not, Amelie not, with a goatee I'm not and a an fucking, eye patch. I'm not a fucking monkey. I'm not a well, monkey professional. Charles Darwin would say otherwise. Happy birthday! Whoa, 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 whoa. We got a little heady. Some fucking, fucking highbrow humor. Well, we took a fucking hard pivot into Dennis Miller Town, huh? Like a lot of real good, good references. You've been a top tier homie since day two of college. I don't know what happened day one, but since day two of college, pretty chill. <laughs> day one, you were kind of a ding A little bit of a dick. Uh, pretty chill that we've kept it up for seven years now. Even though you name your fucking human rogue child, Kevin James, you're the best. And I just spent all my money on this, so you owe me drinks. <laughs> so, a lot of drinks. <laughs> one Jumbotron equals several drinks. Uh, several drinks. or Or one very big one. One very big, very good drink. Hey, Max Fun community. This is your friend Elizabeth Gilbert, author of Eat, Pray, Love, and a bunch of other stuff. I am a longtime member, supporter, and devoted follower of Maximum Fun. And now, finally, I have my own podcast on the network. It's called Magic Lessons, and it is me coaching people through their creative issues and problems. This season, we have some amazing creators that we're helping through their joys and struggles of making something out of nothing. And then I bring in special guests like Glennon Doyle Melton, Brandon Stanton, Martha Beck, the poet Mark Nepo, Michael Ian Black, Sarah Jones, Gary Scheingart, these amazing friends of mine to come and help coach these people so that they can get their work done. I hope you'll tune into it. It's called Magic Lessons, and it's all about love. Uh, we have a, a special treat now, um, and it is an, uh, a discussion with uh, uh, a, a guestbert uh, named, well, you'll see, I guess we say it in the segment, right? We say it in the segment and several times just when we address the person. I, I am going to apologize for the quality of it probably won't be so good. We kind of had to drop back and uh, punt with how we recorded the call. Um, but it's good stuff, and I think y- y'all are gonna like it. So here is that today's guest spurt is uh, uh, a TV star who is so excited to be finally getting his big break in podcasting. <laughs> 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 From Hidden America and the new Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand, which isn't the title, but would be a very good name. It's Jonah Ray. Welcome the, to the, the program. The real Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Jonah. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I am very excited. This 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 podcasting thing 
is mm-hmm. out of this world. It really yeah. is a real trip. It's real fun. <laughs> we'll, we'll hold your hand. We'll keep you safe. Don't worry. Now, Jonah, unless I'm mistaken, I can kind of hear from your voice that you're doing a lot of fun faces. And I do want to tell you that that is it's it's neither necessary nor appreciated. Yeah, this, is a mar- it, this is a marathon, not a sprint. You need to save that face muscle energy for yeah. just raw audio production. I get I get I get your concerns, but I, I have no control over it. I do have a spasm and I uh, mm-hmm. ask that you not bring it up on this oh. medium, uh, which is why I've done so well in the uh, silhouetted. Uh, entertainment world where you can't see my face. <laughs> now, Jonah, how does that work? Yeah, it's like, are you really in a big theater? I've always wondered. <laughs> oh, golly. You know, movie magic is... Hey, but, jo- but Jonah, how does it work? <laughs> yeah, but no, but really, I am here. <laughs> you, want, you want to know that, like, the thing, the thing that, like, I was most, like, because, like, you know, watching, watching the show so much and, like, trying to find out all about it and how they made it, uh, like I knew they did like the silhouettes in front of a uh, a green screen or a blue screen originally, but when uh, we were it was time to do ours, um, they they ha- they put me in a like a dark gray jumpsuit, mm. um, and then the bots were painted uh, completely like a matte black. That must be very 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 upsetting. It just looked, it was like bizarro world negative land. Uh, Mr. Science Theater, and that was like a thing that I was like, "Oh yeah," and that that was probably the one thing that I was really shocked by noticing. Now, Jonah, are the robots hard to work with? Because okay. they seem like they're always razzing. All right, yeah, it seems like they're always giving you the business. They really are, but they are good friends of mine. They're true professionals, and mm-hmm. it's the the way we work is just it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, you guys know what you do here on your radio show. Uh, it's just a good way to have fun and not take things too seriously. Mm-hmm. Hey, is, Har- is Harmar Superstar really fucking cool in person? Because it seems like he'd be a really fucking cool guy. He's a really cool... I mean, I've, no- I've known that guy for probably now like 14 years or 15 years. Uh, and he's a- he's an awesome, good dude. He's a good friend. Uh, he uh, he actually was the wedding band at uh, my-, my wife's wedding. You're kidding me. God, I can't imagine. <laughs> That's a fucking cool wedding. Yeah, it was it was a really fun wedding. We did it like at this place that was right on some train tracks, and we timed the ceremony to be when trains were going by. And it was fun oh. to like look at the uh, look at the audience um, and to see who thought it was awesome and who thought it was a horrifying thing to happen during a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then uh, this is going to sound uh, uh, real name droppy, and I apologize if it does. But um, when when Harmar was playing, uh, they were like they did a bunch of Harmar Superstar songs. And then they started playing like some like you know wedding wedding kind of covers, and they started playing uh, "Power of Love." Uh, what they didn't know though is that uh, in attendance uh, was Tom Wilson, the guy who played Biff. Holy shit! Oh no! And so like, and you know, Tom kind of like he's like a really awesome guy, really great comic, a good actor, but he does you know he, there is a bit of a complex, not a complex, but like. It's something he deals with. He did a song about it. I mean, he did a song about people asking him about Back to the Future. Yeah, exactly. Stop asking me these questions. But then, uh, so he was, uh, he was there, and then they started playing the song, and then I guess a couple people around him were like, uh, hey, hey, get up there. Oh, that stinks. And so, so he ran, but he ran up on stage and started singing the song along with uh, Harmar, who did not know he was there and was <laughs> blown away. Everyone started screaming. Everyone, uh, 
everyone like was really blown away. And then he, he left shortly after I emailed him saying like, it's like, Hey, I'm sorry if you felt like they didn't know you were there. And he's like, Oh no, no, it's totally fine. I, I don't mind. But he said the worst part was when a friend of mine came up to him and, uh, he was drinking, uh, he was drinking a light beer and someone said, <laughs> someone said light beer. Uh, like, like the reference, like to, you know, Oh, I bring your car all the way back here. And all you got for me is light beer. And then oh, Tom's shit. response to that, Tom's response to that was, uh, Come on, man! You're better than that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't come. To, I didn't come to this wedding to work. Yeah, I do think though he does have to stop drinking. I mean, he can't just drink a light beer in public and not expect, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's certain things you trade off for fame. Um, like if like like when when Clint Eastwood's at the casino, he doesn't say like I'm feeling lucky, and everyone's like, Oh, <laughs> oh <okay>. go on, <laughs> Dude, let's, Hey, we. You're not here because of TV or because of jokes. You're here because you're an expert. I am. Uh, Jonah, and we're going to pick your proverbial brain, which is an excellent choice of um, a phrase from me, a broadcasting professional, because <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm going to uh, – uh, we're going to talk about zombies and some about comedy we, shows. We got many more – here's the thing. We got many more – questions about zombies than we did about putting on comedy shows like many 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 more which is surprising to me because i thought like i don't know like a lot of people who listen to our show are like comedy folks right that do like actual do like improv and stuff like that but no they're i think they're more concerned about being devoured by a dead person well do you think it's the bubble is it the is the comedy bubble finally over is this like the first inkling that it's all going to go downhill for all of us no actually john i think what it is is we might have forgotten to mention on the show the comedy show aspect that'll that'll do it every time about it and i think that might have had a pretty big impact um but we did uh we did fail to mention in the in your intro that uh along with MST3K and Hidden America you also were one of the hosts of The Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail. Uh, who was that? I played the role of Jonah. Yeah, I was going to say who's the other yeah. who's the other host on that one? Well, I actually went I went to one of the Meltdown live shows and Kumail was not in attendance and filling in his place was Judd Apatow, which made for it was a very surreal experience for me. <laughs> Wait, is that what's the meltdown? So the meltdown was a it's a it was a comic book store that uh, I started doing a show at like you know me eight years ago or so. Um, and then when Kumail moved to town, I was doing it monthly. He wanted to try and figure out a weekly show, so we just kind of joined forces with his wife Emily Gordon, and uh, she started producing it. And we started hosting it, so it was just a weekly comedy show that we did for a while that we ended up turning into three seasons of a show on Comedy Central. But it wasn't a podcast. It was never a podcast. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. Because listen, no. It's, no. it's crowded in here, Jonah. You gotta. I, and my whole intro would have been so stupid if you had done a podcast before. So I'm really happy to hear. <laughs> At home, that's we call that doubling down. There's no. <laughs> there's, there's no backing out of this ill-fated bit now. Uh, will I return to it again? Well, we'll just have to see. But it's time. It's time to start really digging deep into these questions. And this is a very good one that I like. And this is not the first one Travis has listed, but I'm going to lead with it because I think it's great. Jonah and McElroy Brothers, how do you feel about people in zombie movies and shows who seem to have no concept of zombies? You all are really so shocked to see Undead Folks? You've never even conceived of this before? There's no George Romero in your universe? Come on! How would you all handle it if you made a zombie flick? And that's from Jennifer. Well, 
Jennifer, uh, it is kind of brought up in a very clever way in Shaun of the Dead. It's the best. Yeah, which is uh, like it's uh, Nick Frost's character says zombies and then Sean says, don't use that word. And that's it. Uh, and that's it. He's like, which word? The Z word. You know, it's uh, and he's like, why not? He's like, because it's crazy. Because it, that's the feeling people would have, I'd imagine. It bothers me yeah. so much in Walking Dead, which is now like the biggest zombie thing fucking ever of all time and probably always will be, is there's this whole concept of just like, oh, no, here come here come the flesh skeletons. Like, oh, that's what you call them? We call them walkers. What do you call them? I call them shamblers. What do you call them? I call them stink meats. And it's like, they're zombies. You guys have seen these fucking films. Did you say one of them was Sandlers, as in Adam Sandler? I said Sandlers, but I'm sure there's a group of people like, what's up? We're the nasty boys. We call them Sandlers. Like, why yeah. do you need your own club hey. and not call them zombies? We're the Spike Kings. We call them Zohans, because you don't want to mess with them. <laughs> um, I don't, I think, I like, I really think the Shaun of the Dead model is the best way to to do, has there ever been a zombie movie where like where they just flat out just call them zombies and they call them zombies the whole time? Zombieland, Zombieland did right. Zombieland, yeah. they just leaned into it. Um, I I find I feel this about any movie where it's like it must be so hard when you're like the the scriptwriter for the movie. Like if you're doing a vampire movie and you know somebody shows up and they like have a lot of eye makeup on and they're being really creepy, that someone's not like, oh, that's the vampire. Mm-hmm. You guys know about vampires, right? Right. Okay, we all know about vampires. This is the vampire. They, they okay, can't do cool. that in other movies. The, the fucking upcoming, and I can't believe they're making a mummy reboot with Tom Cruise. Is it? it, it they're not like, uh oh, here comes a bandage boy. Like, no, they know what <laughs> fucking mummies are. There's a there's a uh, a really funny thing uh, Kumel once said where he said, "Why isn't every movie with The Rock uh, every time he meets someone new for the first time? Why isn't the first thing they say go, whoa, you're huge, guy? <laughs> <laughs> I oh, uh, also in Return of the Living Dead, uh, they um, in the beginning." Uh, they bring up the uh, Romero Night of the Living Dead. Like it's like they they make allude they allude to like it's like oh no that was based on real things. Hmm. So what's covered the, up. What's the scariest that you think zombies have ever been? Like what's the scariest portrayal of zombies that I actually got got to you? Hmm. I mean, it's like it's different because it's like when I was a kid, I didn't know Return of the Living Dead was a comedy. I just thought it was frightening that the zombies could run faster than. You know, the ones in Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead. Um, Probably the original Dawn of the Dead was the one that really made me the most scared. Mm. For me, it was Resident Resident Evil 1. I know it doesn't technically count because it's not a movie, but that shit literally gave me nightmares for five or six years straight. Resident Evil 4 gave me nightmares, but just like stress game nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Thriller. Thriller freaked oh me out my when they God. Uh, when oh, yeah. I was really young the first time I saw it when they came up through the floorboards. Like, the concept of, like, well, just being inside your house doesn't make you safe was very scary for me. Yeah. Hey, does the robot lady from Superman 3 count? Because she no. gave me the yips in a major way. Why would she? She's like Why a mecha she zombie. She's like a mechanical zombie, right? That's a robot, Justin. I guess all robots are mechanical zombies in a way. I have a fucking, I have a, I have a fucking Roomba in my house. Is it? Do I need to be afraid of this for you? I don't, don't, don't want to... Do this Did it anymore. make it scary to make Mystery Science Theater 3000 to know that you were working with robot zombies? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I did have to bring him back from the brink. So, yes, oh, no. it was very scary the entire time. But luckily, they only feast on other robot zombies. Jonah, I'm currently performing a comedic one-man show in New York. <laughs> Come on out, everybody. It's going to be... No, not well, me. This what's it called? Oh shoot! I thought we could uh, play. I thought we could play a little bit in the space. Sorry, sorry, just in time. The show is called. Oh, I didn't see you all there. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> How would you guys start your one man shows? What would be the first line? Is you is know, in the neighborhood I grew up, there sure were a lot of characters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Griffin, how would you start your... Um, well, it's uh, tough. Mine would entirely be pantomime and just sort of movement. So it would sort of start with me like laying perfectly still on the stage and then um, doing what could only be described as human blossoming. Which is dancing to the theme song from Blossom, if I remember That is correctly. the beginning, is yeah. It's anybody's gifts. I would just start with like 700 Sundays. I, I couldn't believe that there were that many Sundays. Back to back to back. And then I would just recite Billy Crystal's 700 Sundays uh, verbatim. Just the memory. fart bit, though. You would do an extended version of the fart bit, right? <laughs> you mean City <That's>... Slickers? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen 700 Sundays? I've seen City Slickers. Well, 700 Sundays has a real long fart bit. Nah, now, l- luckily for us, uh, we don't actually have to know anything about things. <laughs> Just randomly reference them. Thank God. I'm sure he's a. Del- I'm sure it's a delight. It's not. He's a consummate professional. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Billy's a-, a friend and a fan who I'm sure is listening right now. So please. Uh, okay. So the question is: It's a storytelling show about my bar mitzvah and struggles with mental health. What are some ways I can actually get butts in the seats? A publicist? Online ads? Skywriting? Thanks, and good work on the Satellite of Love, and that's from one man in Manhattan, who, I, I did, can I just say something? I just want to do, I, do, I have to point out the very obvious. Um, one good way would be to get a free mention on a fairly popular <laughs> podcast, oh, no. and maybe just just toss that name in there, huh? Just get that, get that old name, <laughs> that old name in. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so one man shows, I know, I've never done one really uh you you want to make flyers you want to make physical flyers like if i the thing with like doing a comedy show is it's regularity and i'm sure you guys it's the same thing with podcasting if you kind of stay on a schedule it does help a lot just the the consistency of it uh but yeah do it like i i'd say and you know kurt Braunohler a few times has tried skywriting to promote stuff uh it never really works as well as you think it would because everything starts to drift away you know chemtrails and whatnot Sure, mm-hmm. of course. No, tell us more about chemtrails. Let this be your your appearance, your Ronda Rousey nine eleven truther uh, appearance. I wish sometimes I knew more about conspiracy theories to be able to joke around about them. But as far like that's as much as I go. I go I, for chemtrails. I go, yeah, look at those chemtrails, man. Boran controlling <laughs> your minds. I think that's all I got. That's a lot. That's more than I did. I can tell from googling. I think it's called my bar mitzvah brunch. It's at the People's Improv Theater. Um, yeah, pit where we did we hey, did we've some done shows the there. We, we did, did three, way three too many shows, shows in, in one day. Yeah, that was a bad move we did. did. You did three shows in one day? Well, I did yeah. six. Uh, yeah, we just didn't schedule good. <laughs> we were young and foolish. So that all seems good. Good advice. Do well, that. we didn't do it. Do we that. didn't really say oh. anything at all. You, well, no, make physical flyers. Make flyers. Uh, put it in like the neighborhood. Uh, don't rely too much on. 
you want you want to do your Facebook ads, I guess. But uh, I'd say make a cool looking flyer, put it up in the coffee shops and the bars around the area. Find some community cork boards. Mobilize people you know. If you're like, hey, yeah. tell a friend that like word of mouth is. How do you keep that? Bet. Like, how do you balance that between like trying to get people you know to come like as, as a favor versus you know how do you keep from leaning on that too heavily? You, you don't. I mean, it's it's tricky. I mean, if you know anyone that performs in any kind of like as a stand up a band or anything, it's just it's like you don't want to overuse your favor. Mm. You want to hope you, like you want to pick one night that you tell all your friends to go to. I don't know. I try. Let's say I, I like when we were starting the meltdown. Uh, Emily said, "Oh, should I get a Facebook invite going?" I said, "No, no, I don't want to do that because I get resentful when I see something like a Facebook invite coming in all the time for a comedy show. I, it makes me." actively not want to go to the comedy show there that that resistance is there like when i I lived in chicago for a year and i i knew a lot of folks who were like doing doing stuff in chicago like a lot of folks who were doing stuff in chicago and if i went to all of their stuff it would be literally all i did morning noon and night um Mm -hmm. and so yeah a big deal in in comedy circles jonah like people like whether or not somebody came to your show or whether or not you went to their show is that like a a big an etiquette breach Yeah, yeah right yeah, it, it can be. It's like you want to go and you want to, you want to support a show. You know, there was a there was a big thing every time. Uh, you know, someone would when we were doing the meltdown, it was just uh, it's like, oh yeah, I'd love to do your show, and you we would kind of just go, yeah, come and hang out. You know, your your you know comics were always welcome to come and hang out with us at the show, um, and it that would kind of show that they they like you know wanted to be a part of like our little the thing that you know the thing we had going on which was like a, you know a growing group of friends putting on a fun comedy show every week but there was the, also the other people that would hear about they would just hear about the fact that it was a popular show and then just ask to be put on without really putting in any effort it's like they, you know we had a different idea coming into that show mm-hmm. than just your average you know comedy show and and we we didn't need to like uh there's a lot there's another kind of currency for shows where it's like if you have a show and someone else has a show you can kind of there's this idea of swapping sets it's like hey i'll put you on my show and then when you say that you're essentially saying please put also put me on your show Mm, okay um but that you know so but if someone has like a show that's really good and someone has a show that's really bad like all of a sudden the uh the discrepancy between the value of those sets becomes an issue but it really is it's like if you support a show if you go and you hang out and you're you know you're you're not a, a dick. It's a uh, it's a good way to just get on a show because they'll be like, hey, you, you thanks for coming and hanging out. Yeah, we'll, we'll put you up next week, something like that. Now, what if you have never done stand up and wouldn't know how to do stand up and don't feel like working on jokes? Can I still come? Be <laughs> but you in your but you show? but you feel like you might be pretty good yeah, at it. If yeah. yeah, this yeah. is my recommendation to you: go to a comedy show, start heckling the comic, uh-huh. tell them you can do a better job. Hope that they bring you up on stage oh, say, yeah. by saying, oh, you think you're so funny? Let's see if you can do it. And that's when you break it out. That's when the moment of inspiration and with the, without the help of your magic skateboard, you're able to do the best comedy <laughs> set, <laughs> set, of set ever. You have your that fucking word for word is how Jerry Seinfeld got started. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did stand up one time, a oh, single time. When? Where? Uh, what? Yeah. Well, it was a Valentine's Day fundraiser. 
um, where they have local, quote unquote, local celebrities come and do jokes, mm. and uh, it's a competition. Shouldn't have should have thought through that. I worked on my set for a long time. A lot of local jokes, you know, like a lot of local references. Yeah, yeah. And there's, then, a, there's a great uh, Blank Apache line, which is local jokes get you local work. i wish that had been the case for me that would have been grand because i did get beat by a guy who works at a used car dealership around here who i think was just reciting a billing vol bit it's impossible Uh for me to to tell i'm not you know uh but i did get beat handily i mean like and this wasn't like when i was he got i was fucking like six months ago like i was it was absolutely miserable oh so you got a tv show huh well let me show you how the big boys do it and uh, I got I got beaten pretty badly. So that was I feel like I contain like I know it's important to bomb early in your stand up career to build up that like a thick skin. I think I did it all sort of in one one night. I feel like I I that was really that was really enough uh, an, enough to prepare me for, okay, for is anything. It, is there anything you have that you can break us off even a little? Just like, even just I know I'm asking you to be very vulnerable right now. Is there anything you can break off? It was mainly about how long it takes you to get into a restaurant here in Huntington. I mean, that was basically the thrust of the the bit. Um, it was all kind of in my noodle. I don't think I wrote in any of it down. I'm so sorry. So you literally have to be there to get the joke. I mean, yeah. And apparently not even that is enough. <laughs> uh, how about another question here? Um some TV shows now are playing pretty fast and loose with the decomposition of their zombies. At what point does it just become a spooky skeleton man? And would you say there's a significant difference between a zombie and a spooky skeleton? This quandary keeps me up at night, uh, mostly because of the nightmares are spooky skeletons. And that's from Mark. I don't think you should ever get near a xylophone if you have a thing with spooky skeleton man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the thing with zombies is that uh, they still, you know, they need... They can't. It can't just be a skeleton walking around because there's no uh, flesh or muscle mass to move. Uh, you know the the limbs around. That's just science. That's just anatomy and science 101. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. And that's why um, uh, running zombies. Also, side note, can exist because if you uh, uh, you die and you come back um, as a zombie, you still have the same you still have the same muscle mass you had right when you died. So when your impulse is to go to something as fast as you can to eat it, uh, your body's going to take you there as fast as you can. But since you are dead, uh, the, the muscles will tear and not recover. And therefore that's when you start to get that zombie, the slow zombie shuffle. I see. I've okay. never thought about this before. I've thought about it too much. Do you think Jonah, are there some zombies that are faster than other zombies based on how fast they were in life? I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure if you were a good runner, good at track or the track and field game um, uh, for Nintendo. If you're good sure at the track and could... field game for Nintendo, you could like do the essentially the Super Bowl shuffle in place very, very rapidly. But <laughs> yeah. that's about it. And that's. I mean, that would be entertaining to see a, a shambler do. I think it would be a shuffler at that point. I mean, it would be a shuffler. Yeah. Oh, we got shufflers over here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't take the old Yankee shamblers. I, I get what this question asker is saying, though, because, like, it feels like the Walking Dead SFX team is, like, um, 
they're just nasty. And I, I imagine there's conversations they have all the time. They're just like, look at this new nasty thing I learned how to do. This one doesn't have a butt. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> you made that one not have a butt. And, and so you, they're just like competing to see who can make the, the most nasty sort of skeletal. And I think this is going to result in like, what, season seven or eight, just a literal skeleton chasing Rick and the gang. Just like, this doesn't make sense. Clankety click, click, clank. I, I, what well, that that effects team, which is the Greg Nicotero effects team, can be, which uh, he was a uh, he was uh, like an apprentice to Tom Savini, who was like the modern yes. maker of zombies, and um, there's there there is that that element within the effects community uh, that where it's just everyone's like try, it's everyone's just trying to one up each other with everything. And that's what I, I still really enjoy about. Uh, the Walking Dead is that every episode you watch, even if it's like story wise, not the best episode, you will see a thing that you've never seen before in regards to zombies. So uh, just thinking about zombie deterioration, you could outlast a zombie apocalypse. If you hold up long enough and like we're able to stay out of harm's way, would they deteriorate to a point where they were no longer a threat? I'd imagine so, but then it would just kind of almost become like uh, landmines, where they might, you know, fall and winter would come, and they kind of get pushed into the ground. And then if you, you know, you're a kid just kind of running around a forest, uh, and then you kind of you're sitting down, and all of a sudden one kind of is able to come up and reach you. You just uh, spooked and- me, Jonah. You just spooked me <laughs> with your words. <laughs> it's very possible, and then it, and then it could start all over again. Uh-huh. Also, remember. This is all fake. Yeah, that's another thing I kind of don't know how to breach the subject of, but, like, I know you spend a lot of time thinking about zombies. Have you ever gotten on Amazon late one night and made a purchase with your money or taken any sort of action, like, physical action to say, like, well, just in case? <laughs> I, yeah, I, we, me and my wife, have uh, we have bug-out bags in, uh, in both of our cars. And also, um, it's I say it's for the uh, the impending California earthquake, but it's also a little bit inside the back of my head. I was zombie contingency plan. I just got LASIK, so in the case that you know uh, I lose my glasses or anything like that, I still have my vision. I I will say I, I, <laughs> no, Travis, I'm sorry, Travis. You can't no, start no, talking can't yet. Just move on from <laughs> that. Because Jonah just so, said he took on an expensive and painful elective surgery in case he <laughs> dropped his glasses while the zombies <laughs> were attacking him. And did you know that they had an interview? Like, so why do you want to do this, Jonah? Uh, I just want to. I think it'd be uh, handsome. I think it'd be very. Yeah, that's it. I think it'd be more <laughs> handsome <laughs> if I didn't have my glasses all the time. <laughs> I think I, I think it's actually quite the opposite. I think I'm weirder looking without my glasses, yeah, but <laughs> but it's a price that I'll pay. It's uh, it's not that painful, and then it's um, <clears throat> imagine this, uh, inevitable nuclear war. Uh, like, you know, uh, it it takes out everybody, and then you want to read all your books. You'll have mm-hmm. you'll, you'll have time. You'll have time to read all your books. Mm-hmm. No gla- no, you will not live in fear of your glasses falling, breaking. And not being able to read your precious books, you sure. can't smell your burning flesh during the procedure. Then, see, and that's yeah. not ideal. Uh, that's yeah. a turnoff, Jonah. That's a turnoff. So you're here's the thing: you're walking around with crutches, my man. You got crutches, and you're afraid. You, someone says to you, you know, with the technology we have with lasers, uh, we can easily make it so you don't have crutches anymore. And you're yeah. like, I think I'll just wait. And so they, the doc said six weeks with the cat, so I'm just gonna <laughs> wait. 
I guess thank you. Thank you, random person approaching me in an alley with a laser gun. I think I'm just gonna wait. Shoot! Hey, hey, I got some fucking lasers I could shoot up your nose and get rid of that cold. F- no, I'm good. I got soup, kind of. <laughs> cool. Jonah, when, uh, when can we see the, uh, the, 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 the next season of, I obviously Mistake Your Case on Netflix right now. When's the next season of Hidden America coming? Uh, it comes out May 4th. May the 4th be with. I know that one. So it's oh, Star- like the Star Wars. Star Wars thing. Like the Star Wars. Episode one, Phantom Menace. No. no Jonah. We talked Jonah. about this. We did talk you about promise. it. And I was given an opportunity to just revolt. Please don't hang up on me. M- Misa editing this out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's going to be on May 4th, uh, eight new episodes. And we got like a ton of really awesome people in the season. Uh, a lot of this old Mystery Science Theater people are in it. Uh, we got Kevin Murphy playing my old uh, band teacher from high school. Uh, Fucking love that dude. Uh, he's so great. Trace Bolo uh, plays uh, uh, my uncle who was a cartoonist. Um, uh, we got Joel Hodgson and Mary Jo uh, Peel uh, in a scene. And for Minneapolis, we got Bill Corbett. Uh, wow, you you man, fucking collected you really them all. Great. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's like I really just I wanted to and a, and a ton of other like awesome people too like this guy that's in a ton of horror movies uh, Derek Mears, uh, he's in the show Jorge Garcia from Lost Hell yeah uh, yeah Yvette Nicole Brown from uh, uh, from Community just like a I just got like a ton of like ton of awesome oh Mike Haggerty which was like huge for me to have Mike Haggerty in the show you might not know him by name but he's the uh, uh, you know in the movie. Uh, He's bad Billy Pratt from Overboard, and he was also he was the guy that ran the uh, the uh, the station at uh, on um, like the, the the local station on Wayne's World. Okay. Oh yes. shit. Okay, I know yep. you're talking All right, about. Gotcha. Now. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and Jenna, where where can people find this show, Hidden America? Where can people find it? Must be a really good, like a a great service that everyone should subscribe to. All the pro- all the um, real comedy fans are at. Yes, uh, you know you could find it the same spot you saw these beautiful babies uh, doing their wonderful show, my brother, my brother and me, which is CISO. Which I want to say it now on the record, even though I messaged it to you guys a while back, it is truly one of my favorite, one of my favorite shows. It is so much fun. Thank you, Jonah. It's, it's, Thanks, it's so good. It's so good. Now cut this part out because it'll ruin my bad boy image. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like you guys did such a good job. It is so fun, and it has. The like the perfect amount of silliness and joy and uh, like and also like awesome meta ness in it too and the how things like could sometimes fold in on each other or the callbacks it's just it's all so much fun I was really really excited about it thank you Jonah. thank you yes, thank very, you it's very thank kind you. Of you if I if I knew you had this deep well of love for our show I would have started talking about it much much earlier <laughs> why did we waste so much time with zombies <laughs> uh, Jonah Ray thank you so much for joining us go watch Jonah's show on CISO May fourth. And go watch MSC3K right now. And anything else that uh, you want to plug? Anything anywhere else people can can find you? No, no, that should be good. Okay, perfect. Well, thanks, Great. Jenna. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Well, folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for uh, listening to our program. We hope you've had a fun time. I uh, hope you've enjoyed yourself. Uh, I, I just you. want to make sure everyone's picturing this correctly. As Justin says that, you know, we're sweeping up. We're putting stuff back into the, like, the crates. Right. To, you know, nail them up, put them back onto the podcast train to head on to the next town. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just know, like, we're wiping off our podcast grease paint. 
Um, we've how do I get so yeah, the, do, we, the door to our dressing room was cracked just a little bit. You just slipped in, and you know we're, we normally we'd have Buster throw you out, but uh, pull up a stool. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how I get so dirty doing this damn podcast. Every time I finish recording, I go and look at myself in the mirror, and I'm just covered in in grime and grease paint and dirt. <sighs> well, you're disgusting. Oh, uh, that's it. I'm like a disgusting hog. <laughs> Travis threw my rhythm off I was in a pretty good rhythm um, So thanks to everybody for listening That's all my bit Griffin do your bit uh, Thanks to John Roderick for the long for the long winters Thank you for that <laughs> And thank you for the use of our theme song It's a departure off the album Putting the Days to Bed it's can, a you very, wait, very... Just, can you just slow down And the, This has been apparently a very hot topic lately Can you just okay. say the name of the fucking song And the album and the group There is a band called The Long Winters Right The front man and lead singer of which is John Roderick Who is a, a friend of the show He's been on the show Open for us in Seattle uh, And they There's an album that The Long Winters had Called Putting the Days to Bed And track 10 I believe is called It's a Departure. And that is our theme song. And it's very good. Um, and so go get that album. And thanks to Bob Ball for doing our intro voice. Um, I feel like that a lot of folks are asking about that these days. That's Bob Ball did our intro. Uh, thank you, Bob Ball. Make sure to go check out uh, Hidden America on CISO uh, coming this week. Um, and while you're there, you should probably also check out the My Brother, My Brother and Me show. It's pretty uh, that good. We did. It's pretty good. We're pretty happy with it. Um, and Mystery Science Theater 3000 the, is up on Netflix now. Check that out as well. Um, we have a website, McElroyShows.com, where you can find all our various projects, ways to reach us, Facebook groups, Twitter accounts, P.O. boxes, all that stuff is there. Um, go to um, MaximumFun.org and check out all the other amazing shows there. There are a ton on there, uh, and I think you're going to love them all because they're all great. And uh, that's going to do it for us. Griffin, do you have one more Yahoo to just sort of send us out on? Yeah, this one's a real thinker. Mm-hmm. Sent him by um, Rachel Rosen. Game recognized game, Rachel Rosen. Thank you, Rachel. It's Yahoo Answers user Lauren who asks, I know this sounds weird and stupid, but... Who closes the door when a bus driver gets off the bus? <gasps> Wait a minute. Whoa. Who Who does? Who does? Does the bus just do it? I think the bus just stays does open. Does he set a timer? Does the bus know? Is it like a rubber band? Maybe it's like a rubber band and like he walks off and pulls a cable as like a yeah, record. like a like a Pee Wee's Big Adventure breakfast machine sort of situation. Yeah. I think maybe the bus driver just throws a baseball very hard at the lever. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense. And then a That's Yankees the recruiter makes- sees him and he's like, "Hey, you got to eat. <laughs> We're ready for the big show." And then he recruits him. It's Tony Danza in a movie. Tony but he Danza still has to is- drive the bus for the team. Tony Danza is bus baseball man. My name is Justin McElroy. Busball. It would be called Busball. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Bus Baseball Man. This has been My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Kiss your dad square on the lips. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
Listener supported. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, my dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a flobie, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman.